Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Saturday, February 17th. I really wanted to wish y'all a happy Champion Crab Races Day, mostly because it's silly and I figured we'd have fun with it. And if you don't know, back in 79, some drunk redneck at a beach bar, probably in the Keys, said, hey, how about we collect up some hermit crabs, put them under a bowl inside a big circle, turn them loose, and whosoever crab gets out first wins money. Some other redneck said, you had me at crabs, and the National Crab Racing Association was born. And I mean, take a bunch of redneck beach bums, feed them alcohol, and this is just one of many weird things that can materialize. Frankly, if all that happens is we're off to the crab races, we got off easy. I'm kind of stuck though, because crab racing is already so weird, anything I do to make fun of it will only legitimize it further. So instead, how about I wish y'all a happy Who Shall I Be Day? which is all about defining your identity, and Random Acts of Kindness Day, which you know how I'm always saying, if you don't want to make the world any better, could you at least stop making it worse? Well, there you go. And I'm sure most of y'all would say your identity is sinner saved by grace and faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And me too. But are you sure? Cause Jesus said, don't come at me saying you done all this stuff for me when I don't even know you. So how do you know you're really a Christian? Well, Jesus said a good way is to love the Lord with everything you got and love your neighbor like yourself. If you do that, them acts of kindness just sort of happen. They ain't what saves you, but they're pretty good evidence of it. Because, and this is important, getting saved ain't the goal. It's the first step of a really long journey. If you thought getting saved was the destination, might ought to check if you really are. Our reading for today is Leviticus 4.1 through 5.19. Mark 2, 13 through 3, 6, Psalm 36, 1 through 12, and Proverbs 10, 1 and 2. So if y'all are ready, I wonder if they'd let me put a sponsor decal on one of them hermit crab shells, like in NASCAR. Cause if that don't scream Bible y'all, I don't know what does. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on the 16th, in the Old Testament, we read Leviticus 1, 1 through 3, 17. We started a new book, and Leviticus is Latin for, and he called. And it's the third book of the Torah, which means law. And the author was Moses, and he wrote it sometime between 1440 and 1400 BC. And the reason he wrote it is because the Israelites had been held captive in Egypt for 400 years, and the concept of God had been distorted by the polytheistic pagan Egyptians. They had a slave mentality, as the squaw likes to say. And the two main themes of the book are how to live holy and how to make atonement, because the Jews were both redeemed and sinful, which sounds counterintuitive, but it ain't. If you think about it, it can't be any other way. And according to Britannica.com, the book is usually divided into five parts. The first seven chapters are sacrificial laws, and then we have the laws governing the priesthood in chapters 8 and 10, and then the laws for ceremonial purity, which is 11 through 16, and then laws governing the people's holiness, which is chapter 17 through 26. And the last chapter is on offerings to the sanctuary and religious vows. And it starts out kind of where Exodus left off, with God giving more rules to Moses. And the Jews have a lot of rules, 613 of them actually. And we're going to go over every one of them in detail tonight. No, we're not. We'll hit a couple. Because my purpose with these reviews is just to review, 
and hopefully point y'all at some stuff I find amazing. The first of which is, I'm struck that when we started out in Genesis, we had one rule, don't eat that, which Adam couldn't wait to break soon as God's back was turned. So God gave him 10 rules, the first two of which were no other gods before me and definitely don't make any graven images. And Moses couldn't even get that one down off the mountain before they blew it. So now God's about to give him 613 rules, of which, trust me, he does not expect them to keep any. And I maintain that his purpose in giving the Jews this incredibly ornate and beautifully complicated religion is to illustrate the futility of religion, but also to foreshadow his only begotten son. For example, both of those things are illustrated early on when he says to atone for sins, you have to shed the blood of an innocent animal, a male without blemish. In other words, sinless. Because sin is not just what you do, but also what afflicts you, and also just what you are by virtue of being in the fallen carnal universe. And chapter 1 is all about what to do with which kind of animal that's used for sacrifice, how to kill it and cut it up and burn it, etc. And chapter 2, verse 1 says, And when any will offer a meat offering unto the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour, and he shall pour oil upon it and put frankincense thereon. And you'll notice there's no meat in that, which is a KJV thing, back when the word just referred to food in general. Kind of like how sweet meats actually refers to confections and candies and such. And the idea is for it to represent a gift given by an inferior to a superior. And chapter 2 spells out a few different kinds of these meal offerings and how to handle them. And none of these bread or cake offerings were to include any yeast, what they call leaven, because leaven symbolizes sin, because it gets into every part of the loaf, and it can't be removed once it's in there, and puffs up the bread with air that might make it look good, but it's pure emptiness, and adds nothing to its nutritional value. God is deep. And in verse 3, peace offerings were animals that could be male or female, but still had to be without blemish. And chapter 3 spells out how to handle that. And it wraps up with verse 17, which says, It shall be a perpetual statute for your generations throughout all your dwellings, that ye eat neither fat nor blood. And they were already forbidden to eat blood, because the blood is the life. And they could eat some fat, just not the fat of animals offered in sacrifice. That was for God. But that's where we stopped reading. I never made the connection. The progression of rules. Only one rule in the garden. Everything was perfect, so there had to be something to give to God. Something not to consume. Now, outside of the garden, in a lost and broken world, there are ten rules to follow, if we want to please God. After that, the foundation is laid. And did Bible y'all, Paul, say 613 rules followed? I looked it up on the internet. I knew you would. Complicated, interactive rules to live by. God has given them responsibility to know him, a part to play. He's treating them like free men by expecting something from them. He gave them the opportunity to choose him. And then in the New Testament, we read Mark 1.29 through 2.12. And Mark is flying through Jesus' early ministry. And he just delivered some demon-possessed people. And now we're at the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon and Peter are the same person. So if you hear me use them interchangeably, that's why. And when they got there, Simon's mother-in-law was sick. So Jesus healed her and she jumped up and waited on him. And all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils lined up outside the door to get healing. All the city was gathered together at the door. And that's a lot of people. The next morning, he walks off, trying to find a private spot to pray. 
But the four disciples tracked him down and they're like, hey, everybody's looking for you. But Jesus is like, nah, let's go to the next towns. They need preaching and healing too. And he preached in their synagogues throughout all Galilee and cast out devils. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him, worshiping, in other words, and saying to him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He acknowledged his power and then expressed faith in it. So Jesus healed him and said, don't tell anybody, which is exactly what the leper did not do. He went out and began to publish it much and blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. So in chapter 2, he goes and hangs out in the desert for a while with a crowd surrounding him, like his own private Burning Man festival, except Burning Man is fairly occultic. But I suspect it was a similar kind of feel, like a big party out in the country. And then he headed back to Capernaum. And by the time he got in the city good, everybody knew he was there. And he preached and taught and healed from out of somebody's living room. And the crowd was so heavy, nobody could get through. So these dudes climbed up on the roof and lowered their buddy down so Jesus could heal his palsy, which he did. But there were some Pharisees around, so just to jab at him, probably, he told the guy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee, which for the Pharisees was just not done. That's downright blasphemous. Only God can forgive sins. So Jesus is like, well, which is easier to say? Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. But just so you'll know, that the Son of Man, me, I have power on earth to forgive sins. He turns to the paralyzed guy and says, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. And immediately the paralyzed guy jumps up, snatches up his bed, and boogies. And everybody was amazed and they all glorified God, saying we never saw it on this fashion. But that's where we stopped. Everything Jesus did was to show us the power of his relationship with God, his Father, to show us how to walk by faith to show us that the Father responds to faith. It strikes me that Peter's mother-in-law and the man lowered from the roof. No one actually interceded, but the Lord simply responded to the faith that God the Father saw. Jesus healed and forgave accordingly. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 35, 17-28. So people are rejoicing in David's adversity, and he asks God how long he's going to put up with that. He says, rescue my soul from their destructions, and I will praise thee among much people. Amen. Amen. In verse 22, he's like, you see how they do, Lord? Why don't you stir up thyself and awake to my judgment, even unto my cause? Get them for me, he's saying, and my tongue shall speak of thy righteousness and of thy praise all the day long. Yeah, David is always expecting God to show himself strong and rescue him. And in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 9, 13 through 18. And I'm not going to read it all again, but he's still using the woman as foolishness metaphor. He says, she's like a harlot who stands on the corner trying to entice the men as they go by to come in for some carrying on. But that's a bad move because the dead are in there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. In other words, you don't want to catch what she's given out. Yeah, the mantra of the foolish. Stolen waters are sweet and hidden bread is pleasant. When we're wise and fear God, We know what's holy and what is not. We understand there is nothing sweet or pleasant about sin. It only offers addiction. And if we're fortunate, it offers some shame so we can repent. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with a little healthy shame. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for February 17th is Leviticus 4.1-5.19. 
And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a soul shall sin through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which ought not to be done, and shall do against any of them, if the priest that is anointed do sin according to the sin of the people, then let him bring for his sin, which he hath sinned, a young bullock without blemish unto the Lord for a sin offering. And he shall bring the bullock unto the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord, and shall lay his hand upon the bullock's head, and kill the bullock before the Lord. And the priest that is anointed shall take of the bullock's blood, and bring it to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in the blood, and sprinkle of the blood seven times before the Lord, before the veil of the sanctuary. And the priest shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar of sweet incense before the Lord, which is in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour all the blood of the bullock at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall take off from it all the fat of the bullock for the sin offering, the fat that covereth the inwards, and all the fat that is upon the inwards, and the two kidneys, and the fat that is upon them, which is by the flanks, and the call above the liver, with the kidneys, it shall he take away, as it was taken off from the bullock of the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar of the burnt offering, and the skin of the bullock, and all his flesh with his head, and with his legs, and his inwards, and his dung, even the whole bullock shall he carry forth without the camp unto a clean place, where the ashes are poured out, and burn him on the wood with fire. Where the ashes are poured out, shall he be burnt. And if the whole congregation of Israel sin through ignorance, and the thing be hid from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done, and are guilty, when the sin which they have sinned against it is known, then the congregation shall offer a young bullock for the sin, and bring him before the tabernacle of the congregation. And the elders of the congregation shall lay their hands upon the head of the bullock before the Lord, and the bullock shall be killed before the Lord. And the priest that is anointed shall bring of the bullock's blood to the tabernacle of the congregation. And the priest shall dip his finger in some of the blood, and sprinkle it seven times before the Lord, even before the veil. And he shall put some of the blood upon the horns of the altar which is before the Lord, that is in the tabernacle of the congregation, and shall pour out all the blood at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering, which is at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And he shall take all his fat from him, and burn it upon the altar. And he shall do with the bullock as he did with the bullock for a sin offering. So shall he do with this. And the priest shall make an atonement for them, and it shall be forgiven them. And he shall carry forth the bullock without the camp, and burn him as he burned the first bullock. It is a sin offering for the congregation. When a ruler hath sinned, and done somewhat through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord, his God, concerning things which should not be done, and is guilty, or if his sin, wherein he hath sinned, come to his knowledge, he shall bring his offering, a kid of the goats, a male without blemish, and he shall lay his hand upon the head of the goat, and kill it in the place where they kill the burnt offering before the Lord. It is a sin offering. And the priest shall take of the blood of the sin offering with his finger, and put it upon the horns of the altar of burnt offering and shall pour out his blood at the bottom of the altar of burnt offering. And he shall burn all his fat upon the altar, as the fat of the sacrifice of peace offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, as concerning his sin, and it shall be forgiven him. And if any one of the common people sin through ignorance, while he doeth somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord, concerning things which ought not to be done, and be guilty, or if his sin, which he hath sinned, come to his knowledge, then he shall bring his offering, a kid of the goats, a female without blemish, for his sin which he hath sinned. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering, and slay the sin offering in the place of the burnt offering. 
And the priest shall take of the blood thereof with his finger, and put it upon the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and shall pour out all the blood thereof at the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away all the fat thereof, as the fat is taken away from off the sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall burn it upon the altar for a sweet savor unto the Lord. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, and it shall be forgiven him. And if he bring a lamb for a sin offering, he shall bring it a female without blemish. And he shall lay his hand upon the head of the sin offering, and slay it for a sin offering in the place where they kill the burnt offering. And the priest shall take of the blood of the sin offering with his finger, and put it upon the horns of the altar of burnt offering, and shall pour out all the blood thereof at the bottom of the altar. And he shall take away all the fat thereof, as the fat of the lamb is taken away from the sacrifice of the peace offering. And the priest shall burn them upon the altar, according to the offerings made by fire unto the Lord. And the priest shall make an atonement for his sin that he hath committed, and it shall be forgiven him. Chapter 5 And if a soul sin, and hear the voice of swearing, and is a witness, whether he hath seen or known of it, if he do not utter it, then he shall bear his iniquity. Or if a soul touch any unclean thing, whether it be a carcass of an unclean beast, or a carcass of unclean cattle, or the carcass of unclean creeping things, and if it be hidden from him, he also shall be unclean and guilty. Or if he touch the uncleanness of man, whatsoever uncleanness it be, that a man shall be defiled withal, and it be hid from him, when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty. Or if a soul swear, pronouncing with his lips to do evil, or to do good, whatsoever it be that a man shall pronounce with an oath, and it be hid from him, when he knoweth of it, then he shall be guilty in one of these. And it shall be, when he shall be guilty in one of these things, that he shall confess that he hath sinned in that thing, and he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin, which he hath sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb or a kid of the goats, for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his sin. And if he be not able to bring a lamb, then he shall bring for his trespass, which he hath committed, two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, unto the Lord, one for a sin offering, and the other for a burnt offering. And he shall bring them unto the priest, who shall offer that which is for the sin offering first, and wring off his head from his neck, but shall not divide it asunder. And he shall sprinkle of the blood of the sin offering upon the side of the altar, and the rest of the blood shall be wrung out at the bottom of the altar. It is a sin offering. And he shall offer the second for a burnt offering, according to the manner. And the priest shall make atonement for him for his sin which he hath sinned, and it shall be forgiven him. But if he be not able to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, then he that hath sinned shall bring for his offering the tenth part of an ephah of fine flour, for a sin offering. He shall put no oil upon it, neither shall he put any frankincense thereon, for it is a sin offering. Then shall he bring it to the priest, and the priest shall take his handful of it, even a memorial thereof, and burn it on the altar, according to the offerings made by fire unto the Lord. It is a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him, as touching his sin that he hath sinned in one of these and it shall be forgiven him. And the remnant shall be the priests as a meat offering. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If a soul commit a trespass, and sin through ignorance, in the holy things of the Lord, then he shall bring for his trespass unto the Lord a ram without blemish out of the flocks, with thy estimation by shekels of silver, after the shekel of the sanctuary, for a trespass offering. And he shall make amends for the harm that he hath done in the holy thing, and shall add the fifth part thereto, and give it unto the priest." And the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering, and it shall be forgiven him. And if a soul sin, and commit any of these things which are forbidden to be done by the commandments of the Lord, though he wist it not, yet is he guilty, and shall bear his iniquity. 
and he shall bring a ram without blemish out of the flock, with thy estimation for a trespass offering unto the priest. And the priest shall make an atonement for him concerning his ignorance wherein he erred and wist it not, and it shall be forgiven him. It is a trespass offering. He hath certainly trespassed against the Lord. And our reading in the New Testament for February 17th is Mark 2.13-3.6. And he went forth again by the seaside, and all the multitude resorted unto him, and he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi the son of Alphaeus sitting at the receipt of custom, and said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto his disciples, How is it that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? When Jesus heard it, he saith unto them, They that are whole have no need of the physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And the disciples of John and of the Pharisees used to fast. And they come and say unto him, Why do the disciples of John and of the Pharisees fast, but thy disciples fast not? And Jesus said unto them, Can the children of the bride chamber fast, while the bridegroom is with them? As long as they have the bridegroom with them, they cannot fast. But the days will come when the bridegroom shall be taken away from them, and then they shall fast in those days. No man also soweth a piece of new cloth on an old garment, else the piece that is filled it up taketh away from the old, and the rent is made worse. And no man putteth new wine into old bottles, else the new wine doth burst the bottles, and the wine is spilled, and the bottles will be marred. But new wine must be put into new bottles. And it came to pass that he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day, and his disciples began, as they went, to pluck the ears of corn. And the Pharisees said unto him, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? And he said unto them, Have ye never read what David did, when he had need, and was hungered, he and they that were with him? How he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar the high priest, and did eat the shewbread, which is not lawful to eat but for the priests, and gave also to them which were with him. And he said unto them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. Chapter 3 And he entered again into the synagogue, and there was a man there, which had a withered hand. And they watched him whether he would heal him on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he saith to the man which had the withered hand, Stand forth. And he saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days, or to do evil, to save life, or to kill? But they held their peace. And when he had looked round about on them with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, he said unto the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole as the other. And the Pharisees went forth, and straightway took counsel with the Herodians against him, how they might destroy him. And our reading in Psalms for February 17th is Psalm 36, 1-12. through To the chief musician, a psalm of David, the servant of the Lord. The transgression of the wicked saith within my heart that there is no fear of God before his eyes. For he flattereth himself in his own eyes, until his iniquity be found to be hateful. The words of his mouth are iniquity and deceit. He hath left off to be wise and to do good. He deviseth mischief upon his bed. He setteth himself in a way that is not good. He abhorreth not evil. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens, and thy faithfulness reacheth unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. Thy judgments are a great deep. O Lord, thou preservest man and beast. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. 
they shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, in thy light shall we see light. O continue thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness to the upright in heart. Let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the wicked remove me. There are the workers of iniquity fallen. They are cast down and shall not be able to rise. And our reading in Proverbs for February 17th is Proverbs 10, 1 and 2. The Proverbs of Solomon A wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is the heaviness of his mother. Treasures of wickedness profit nothing, but righteousness delivereth from death. And that'll do it for the 17th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is about Ecclesiastes 3.1, which says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on what we're doing and when, because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, your word tells us that all things work together for good for them that love you. And though not all things are good, they all work together to serve a purpose in your divine plan. Help us, Father, to better understand your plan and teach us to accept it when we do not understand. For we never want to keep silent when it's time to speak or laugh when it's time to weep or make war when it's time for peace. Above all, thank you for making us a part of your plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yallin' I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be of some kind of help to them. Amen. You can look for us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like what we're doing and you want to support it, best thing you can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just try not to make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all. And shall pour all the blood of the bullock at the bottom of the altar of the burnt offering. And shall, mm, and shall, uh, and shall pour out all the blood at the bottom of the altar of which the burnt offering of the burnt, okay, and shall pour out his blood at the bottom of the altar of burnt offering. Read it again. And the priest shall make an atonement for him as the tut. Mm, 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 mm.